0: Welcome back to another session of Sports Sesh, I'm Guy Young and these guys are just guys. Now, I want to just jump right into Hot Topics. Earliest memory of Dirk, it was probably probably a year he was playing with Steve Nash, I kept hearing somebody named Dirk, like with a T, so I was like, why is this dude named Dirt in the league? And then I, you know, I found out he was actually pretty good, so.
1: Jump right into Hot Topics. Some guy sports and these guys are just guys. I really want that show to happen in real life. Sports Every sesh? Every time I watch that, I'm like, this is the greatest show. I need to pull some audio from it. I put the I I uh, added the Open to our Open after Kenny blocks the shot of Dontrell or Dontrez or whatever. That's now in the Open right before Dirt and the Fergie National Anthem
0: so bad as
1: this slowly just gets more insane because <laughs> right, we starting yeah we're starting okay
0: we're starting man after i ask you if you're ready everything's fair game okay after that i uh i really picked a bad time to go out of town <laughs> uh, over the weekend we could have used you sheesh could you give us some minutes on friday night if you were here uh i'm gonna be totally honest i didn't know much about alonzo trier
1: <laughs> oh i knew that he played for Dimzona Wildcats and uh, drove everyone insane at the NBA scouting combine because he would just play his ass off during pickup and stuff. Uh, But no, I got uh, really uncomfortably familiar with Alonzo Trier.
0: Handed us the
1: work. He really did. Um, And there's no way to sugarcoat what's going on with the team right now. Uh, Since the last time we talked, um, the Friday night game against the New York Knicks was what Me and Bobby just kind of sat down and talked about Friday afternoon and kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, this is a, this is a get right game. The Knicks have no reason to win this game. Um, you know, they're trying to keep their pick, their best players out. Um, it just felt like a, let's win one. We've been on the road for a little bit. Things aren't going that well, but if we flex and they flex, our muscles are still bigger. Uh, and that was quite the opposite of what happened.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they're in the middle of a full-on rebuild. And Mm -hmm. as exciting as some of their players are, we probably need to remember that more often. Yeah. Uh, And the Knicks are a bad team, but so are the Mavericks overall. And I think that's probably where I wanted to start is I think everyone else had higher expectations for the outcomes this year than I did. I wanted them to be fun again, (laughs) And I wanted the guy that they gave two first round picks for to prove that he's worth it. Mm-hmm. But I did not think. You know what it was? It was the DeAndre signing. Yep. Like when they signed DeAndre, people started thinking, okay, that means they must be trying to win. And while I do think that's true, I think there's value. Well, we can get into him, but I think there's value in having him here, even if you're even if that doesn't mean you're winning, because yep. I think it's just it's bad for young players to have to get used to play. The uh, you know funhouse style that they were running out there the last couple years where they didn't have a real center. Mm-hmm. I think it's you're just running to- swinging gate every play. Exactly. <laughs> I offense. think it's valuable to have him here with Luca and with Smith Jr. for no other reason than he's a real NBA basketball player. Yeah. As opposed to whenever you're trying to roll with uh, you know last year Maxi in the starting lineup. Yeah. Or even like you know D'Alembert and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pachulio I just don't think that I don't I don't think that's good for for Luca to have to learn how to play some weird style but that being said I don't think we should take any game for granted
1: no and that's one of the things I just looked uh Barnes in the face yesterday because Barnes talked to us for the first time since he's been back and I said man um New York game kind of felt like a get right moment like hey we're home what's Let's win one. Let's, you know, limit some three-point shootings. They have one dude that could shoot threes, and it was Tim Hardaway Jr. I was like, that felt like a moment where everyone could kind of, you know, uh, let's let's take up arms against these enemies and let's rally and let's play a little defense and get a good Friday night win uh, at home and just get the, get the mojo going. And if that wasn't one, then Tuesday night has to be one. And he basically said – we play down to our competition right now. We play up to it, and we play down to it. And there's not a team we can look past.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the Laker game was like the high water mark of fun. Yeah, that was a very strange game too. I mean, they had no business being in that game at the mm-hmm. end of it. Um, and then you had, you know, obviously the overtime game against San Antonio. I mean, they've been close, but it Spurs doesn't. Spurs might have been
1: the most fun I've had. Yeah, honestly, thus far, just because Dennis hit the step back 3 to right. take the lead. Lucas scored 30. Um and they went to overtime and yeah, they fell apart in the extra frame. Whenever uh They got
0: good looks in that game. They did. But uh yeah, I just I don't think there is any game where you can look at it and say they're better than this team. No. And you know because even if you look at some of the teams that are below them in the in the standings like the I don't buy that the Rockets suck. No, I don't I think that's going to end up working itself out. Yeah, I don't buy that the Thunder sucked their first five games. The Timberwolves uh, might suck, but they have more talent than you have, Mm -hmm. at least right now. I mean, there's only like four or five teams that I actually would say like neutral floor that they would be favored against. So, Well, I'd I'd put them like
1: around right now if you just like stacked, if you went through and like assigned a number. Yeah, I'd say Mavs are like somewhere between um, like 20 and – 24 in terms of overall talent, and I might be thinking a little bit high. That's fine. You can call me a homer or whatever. But you know what wakes teams up that don't have as much talent as you? When they look at your team and they go, "I could realistically hit 45% from three tonight." Tonight's a uh, a splash night for Well, everyone.
0: that's what is super frustrating about Friday is they give up 24% from three and still get 118 put on them in regulation. I would bet that's almost never been done. <laughs> if you yeah. only you only hit seven threes, but score one hundred and eighteen points without overtime, mm-hmm. that's that's embarrassing, man.
1: Yeah, it was honestly Friday night was a not a great night. It was I I couldn't believe the the second half effort I saw after they you know took over in the second quarter, and it was almost right after Dennis airballed that free throw. Yeah, that it just felt like. Uh, a shark attack was about to happen. Like, everyone's just real tentative. Everyone's looking at each other like, okay, why don't you – and Dennis did take over offensively, but all six turnovers, no assists. That's not the kind of takeover you want. Um, Luca wasn't playing well. West was not playing well. I think he had two points through three quarters. DeAndre looked like he was getting styled on by Mitchell Robinson. And everyone's just looking at each other going like, who, who wants this hot potato right now? Who wants to get a stop defensively, and who wants to score a bucket offensively? And the answer was Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Whenever he's your best player on a night, I'm I'm sorry right now. That's not he's not that caliber of player. And the thing I'm having the biggest struggle with is the, looking at the jerseys, looking at the coach, looking at a lot of the players that are veterans and um you know guys that will come back that are even more veteran that are <laughs> you know some of the greatest players of all time and going. I, I expect this to be better. I expect it to be better quicker than it is right now. And the thing that I can't get right in my head is these stupid mistakes that are happening, these 20 turnover games, these allowing straight line drives to the basket defensively after a closeout. And I, this is stuff that I, doesn't happen from a Rick Carlisle team. And I know he's frustrated with it, and I'm sure the players are frustrated with it, and they're not trusting each other defensively. And it, what happens is you're 2-7. and seven. You are what your record says you are. Um, but let me tease the show real quick and tell you all the things we're going to touch on. Um, so we're going to talk about the DeAndre rebound. (laughs) That's just going to happen because that's the, uh, that's the hot topic on the, on the interweb right now. Uh, we're going to touch on Jake's article about Wesley Matthews and as it pertains to Dorian Finney Smith. Um, can they be a good defensive team with this collection of talent? We'll approach that question. Uh, and then some other smaller things, like uh, what's going on with Dennis. And I'm sure we'll touch on Luca, Luca a little bit. But uh, reading your article, the West Matthews one and Tim's on The Athletic, which this is the four-pointer brought to you by The Athletic. It is. Uh, Theathletic.com slash four-pointer will, will save you 40% off a year subscription to that fantastic service. And honestly, uh, not just because a lot of my friends write for that, uh, that outlet, um, not just because one of my friend, oldest friends in this business, uh, is the editor. Um, that's the best sports journalism that's going on right now. And if you aren't locked in on the athletic and don't have your subscription, uh, what are you doing? Because the rest, is, worth it. the rest of the stuff is lazy. And oh. this is, this is next level stuff. Like if you want to be a real fan, if you get bored of just reading box scores and going, Oh, such and such had good game. Like you could just. Insert names into a template with Stat. I feel like a lot of uh, game recaps and things like that are of that nature, but not with the Athletic. Man, uh, Tim's doing a great job. I love the stuff you write, and uh, I wouldn't go anywhere else for it. So the the Athletic dot slash four uh, pointer. I almost said it backwards.
0: I don't think a robot could write what I'm writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't not think yet. so either. And I'm not. That's not always uh, the case. <laughs> yeah. For all you know, NBA coverage. But yeah, no ads, no pop ups, no autoplay videos. TheAthletic.com/slash-four-pointer get you a great deal. Get you a whole year.
1: Get you and, about five, uh,
0: six of them scripts. <laughs> that's right, uh, man. Get one for your kid. Yeah, why not? It's, he doesn't uh, eat food. Man, it's and, and that's the other thing is that like I really enjoy writing those articles, but mm-hmm. I do feel like because that the site is so good that and I'm I have a very low opinion of myself that I feel like I really, really put a lot of time into it. Yeah. Because I know that if you're paying for that site, you expect really good stuff. And so I feel like it forces me to kind of come correct, but I also feel like I'm dead afterward because <laughs> it just takes – I, I put a lot of time into this. But, yeah, anyways, theathletic.com slash the four-pointer.
1: Yeah. Uh, check it out. If you have a friend oh, – Excuse me, just four-pointer. Just four-pointer. If you have a friend that uh, isn't savvy to what The Athletic is doing yet, and there's some, you know, there's some people that live under rock still. Uh, just buy them a script. Buy them a dang script. Send it to them on their email. They'll be your best friend for life. Uh, but it's, what, two ninety nine? Yeah. First year right now? That's absurd. Um, So go theathletic.com slash Um, and help us out. You'll be rewarded with fantastic sports coverage and stuff that will make you think uh, other than just lazy recaps and things like that. So the Athletic's doing great. I'm
0: attempting to enhance your viewing of the Mavericks because – they're not enhancing it with wins. Yeah. So you might as well try to dig deep a little bit. I I don't think they're as bad as a 2-7 and team. I know you said you are with your record. Uh, I still think that the best – well, you could probably say this for almost any team, but there's a lot of new blood and a lot of uh, trying to work things out that is just not possible to do in camp. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if by, like, you know – February, that their offense looks much, much better. Defensively, not sure. Because you're over-leveraged around a guy who I'm not sure really cares right now and a guy who is simply being asked to do too much. That being DeAndre and then Wes in that order.
1: Yeah. I don't think this collection of talents right now can be above, I don't know, 18th uh, in terms of defensive rating. Like, there are people that are good individual defenders and there are people that are good um, team defenders. And there are guys that are good at defending pick and roll. Um, there are specialists that can fight through picks. Like, Jay Crowder is one of the best dudes on, in the league. That, that's why he's so valuable. Like, you watch Jay Crowder and you don't understand, like, okay, he's going to make 35% of his threes. You know, his rebounds aren't off the charge or anything. Well, he much like, um, is, I think it's Marcus Morris is the, is the LeBron stopper one. Yeah, they're guys that have these finite roles on defense, and they're so valuable that they are worth starting. The Mavs don't have any of those guys right now. Like outside of Wes maybe guarding James Harden for little tiny stretches, he's not a plus defender against starters at this moment. Like if you throw him on the bench unit, like let's talk, but their collective talent defensively. I don't know if they can get to average. Even if they have the perfect scheme, even if they all played on a string, moving left to right, like walling people off, like, I just don't know. And I thought a lot of that was going to be DeAndre, well, quite honestly. And he seems more interested in not getting fouls and staying in games than protecting the rim. And that's his decision. That might be the way the play's drawn up. But uh, what I, the numbers from last year are real in terms of him not challenging shots at the basket. Yeah. The stuff that I questioned coming into the preseason. We did our very first episode. I think my initial question was, okay, what are these? What is this collection of numbers that say he challenged half as many shots at the rim last year as opposed to previous years? Is this him now? Is this him on a bad Clippers team with a bunch of 20-year-olds? Like, what, what, what does this tell us about DeAndre? Is this just snap a finger, you're in a new, new location? And you go back to being the guy you were. And it appears that, I mean, those numbers are true. That's just how he plays now. And whether it's trying to stay in the game to get minutes, um, I, I don't know what it is. But he seems like the only answer they have on defense. And he's not that type of player anymore.
0: No. And it's really had nowhere to go but up from last year. Uh, with regard to the Mavericks, not necessarily with regard to Jordan, but because they were not playing with a center. Mm -hmm. So it's tough to judge. Like They're still giving up quite a few points on putbacks. Now, it's better than it was last year because I believe they were last in the league at that last year. Uh, This year, they're up to like 20th. Um, But that's still not good enough. And I think more than anything – I think there's a chance he might need to come off the bench too. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds horrible because it's not gonna happen and because he's making twenty five million dollars a year, but i'm yeah, I just don't know that he's impacting the game as much as I expected him to. A lot of this other stuff I kind of expected, yeah, but i'm I don't know dude i don't I just don't know that he's really all that effective of a defender anymore. I actually have been a little more impressed with him offensively than than defensively, yeah, I mean.
1: It's tough to because the last four first four or five games, I think it was probably five when he kept scoring like eighteen and getting fourteen boards. Like that's fun. Like you can, you can gloss over a lot whenever that happens. But of late, I feel like he's doing this thing where, um, number one, not challenging shots at the rim is just annoying. Um, if you're the last line of defense and if people are walling drives to you and you're not the wall that's there. That's that's problematic. Um, I don't know if that's not understanding the de- defensive system. I don't know if that's um, being frustrated with the perimeter defender that he let his guy get by him in one dribble. I don't know, but I feel like he's got this this thing in his mind like I can stay in front of my guy. Why can't you stay in front of yours? And a lot of big guys do that. And I'm like, because your guy doesn't move. <laughs> like you're not in space. You're just kind of sliding block to block. And yeah, you can stay in front of Alex Lynn. That's pretty easy to do, um, but it's it's not working at all right now with him, um, and the Lakers game was I don't know what was going on. I mean I have no idea. I mean, JaVale was probably annoying the hell out of him, fouling nearly every play and not getting called for it, staying in the lane for three seconds, not getting called for it, and he just got frustrated, and you got to be mentally tougher than
0: that. I mean, he looked like he was just not Yeah, there. he was out of his body.
1: Yeah but man it's uh he's the one guy that if he puts forth max effort can be a difference maker defensively and it's not there right now and i don't know if it, i don't know if it gets there like i don't think 9 games in i mean you are a tenth of the way through the season um if you're going to start challenging shots at the rim i just i think this is how he plays now and to think otherwise is just, it's hope. You're just hoping that there's something else going on.
0: Yeah, again, I do think he's been, I, he's not necessarily like on the same page with Smith Jr. as far as the offensive pick and roll goes. Yep. But Luca has developed a pretty nice little rapport with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least we'll talk about the rest of it. But as far as like the pick and roll, I mean, he, there were a couple passes Luca fitted into him the other night that were stupid. Yeah. And I feel very good about that. But yeah. I, I don't – it's kind of like just a, different guys have different values for different teams, and I don't really need a, a guy – I don't need offense. Yeah. I mean, obviously their offense has a long way to go. But long term, if you're going to have a team with Smith Jr. and Doncic on it, you are going to have to find three other capable defenders for them to play with forever. Mm-hmm. Like there's no chance – that you can have those two guys on the floor, probably even like best case scenario in their, in their career where you don't have other guys on the floor who are thought of as above average defenders. The thing is that varying parts of their careers, all three of those other guys have been thought of that way. So I kind of thought once Barnes was back, it was kind of a perfect situation where I have three guys who have been thought of as above average defenders. The thing is, is that all three of them are now below average defenders. Yeah. And that is where I think I get to, I don't know how Maxie would guard starting fives. Probably not as well as he guards backup fives. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Finney Smith uh, would guard starting wings. Probably he would struggle some, but I think one or two of those guys, you need to seriously consider having them play starting minutes. Or no, starting role like, yeah. with these starters.
1: Did uh did the DeAndre rebound annoy you at all? <laughs> like that was it was uh <laughs> I we saw it happen in real time and I'm looking down there and I it didn't really bother me. Like I don't it's it, he's done this his entire career. Um it's a game that you're measured by numbers. Um he's trying to get the most numbers. I don't think it's a vicious thing. I'd rather him not push Luka uh as he's jumping for a rebound whenever he uh is dealing with a sore back or whatever's going on with him like that's the only issue i had with it but i mean at the end of the season he's going to show the mavericks or uh team xyz this packet that's going to say this many points this rebound percentage and that's his career that's his livelihood so he wants to get as many rebounds as possible that doesn't bother me um but It seemed like a thing that uh, caught the brush on fire.
0: Well, it's just in the context of everything else that's going on. Because if you get involved in watching way too closely. Yeah, you're going to pick everything. It is clear that whenever you have a 19 and a 20-year-old on the floor who are both being asked to alter the way they play, I mean, there are times where, yeah, people are starting to get upset with Dennis because of his body language. It was an issue last year, and it's definitely still an issue if that's the sort of thing you care about. So you have that combined with the fact that at the – I think it was in the Spurs game, Luka was clearly saying, get me the effing ball <laughs> or something of that nature. He said, get me the ball, and something else was mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Rick on the sideline whenever Dennis looks like he's hurt, you know, yelling, what's the matter? What's the matter? And then I've got conspiracy theories already budding from people who think that DeAndre refuses to pass to Luka to start the offense. I haven't really noticed that. I think it's just a matter of Dennis is still nominally their point guard. And he's going to start most of their possessions whenever they're off of a miss. But you just you add all that in, and there's definitely some small smoke around the idea that... And look, I kind of expected this because do you think they really want to hear about how this dude hung the moon in Europe? Yeah. I mean it's not that different than what happened with Draymond and Dennis last year where it's like, dude, I heard about summer league. I don't care. Mm -hmm. The difference is he's on a different team. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I, I do feel like there's some maybe small semblance of, of thread to the idea that, you know, they're going to like teach him how to be, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be easy for you rookie. Like, but I don't know. Yeah. You would know better than I on that. I mean, I don't think that's
1: that notion is there. I feel like all the dudes, I mean, I don't know, whenever you're losing, it's super easy to start putting things under the microscope and worrying about, you know, chemistry issues and do these guys like each other and that kind of stuff. And it's, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. I haven't seen anybody outside of maybe one play, which was DeAndre going up for a rebound, which I do understand. Like he's done it 10 times. He probably, there's probably 25 moments last year on the Clippers tape, if you watched it all, that he did that. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't – that that doesn't bother me. And then if you think you're – It looked like it bothered Luca. Yeah, it, it bothered Luca because, I don't know, I mean, someone pushing on you and they know you got a bad back, and I'm sure he and a few teammates have talked about, this guy will steal a rebound from you. Because <laughs> it's probably a joke, you know what I mean? Like, inside the locker room, there are jokes like that. Like, people like uh, – people will joke about Dirk being the most expensive mascot that's ever existed because <laughs> he's getting paid $5 million this year and he hasn't played a game yet. Like, they're harsh on each other. And I'm sure people have gone like, well, I really had 12 rebounds, but uh, DeAndre flew in and stole three of them, so now I have nine. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that's an issue. And nine games in to be sick of somebody, like, that seems insane to me. And if you're a super fan that watches and can chart every single time a play happens that you assume DeAndre's freezing Luka out – like, congratulations, you probably need to, like, go coach UTA because if you know the intent of the play and you you assume that uh, his default is to give Dennis the ball instead of Luka and that's for a malicious reason, then, man, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not there with you. I'm just not. like Okay, good. Like, if you want, if, I think DeAndre probably has a set in his mind that, okay, if I get Dennis going, Dennis needs a little help to get going, right? Yeah. Dennis needs to be playing downhill. He needs to be playing faster pace. He needs to be attacking the basket. Luka can do his own thing like at any moment. Yeah. You can dump the ball to Luka with seven seconds left, and he's going to get a good look. It might be a step back three that he's only hitting like, you know, 31% on or whatever, but it's going to get a look that he wants. Dennis, on the other hand, I think the best version of the Mavs offense is when Dennis is playing downhill. And runs like his runs like he's a juggernaut, and you know attacks the basket like he's wearing a helmet or something. Luca's gonna do his thing, yeah. So if that's what's talked about in practice, which is, hey, if Dennis has momentum, get him the ball so he can attack the basket, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that to me. And I don't think anybody's freezing Luca out, and I don't think Luca is like getting starved of touches. Like, do I want him to, you know, handle the ball a little, little bit more and be the The primary ball handler on more sets? Sure, let's try it. Let's see where it goes. But it's not going to be, you know, 45-win basketball because 19- and 20-year-olds
0: don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, though. Like, if he does have a little bit greater share of the offense, Mm -hmm. I still don't know that I've seen, like, a ton of – look, I mean, when Smith Jr. is going to the basket, I love it. Even Mm -hmm. if he can't finish, I love it. Because it just makes makes things happen. Yeah, but I don't know that I've seen like a ton of what I was expect. It does seem sometimes like they trade possessions. Yeah, um, and I I I guess you know he didn't have a ton of charted cuts last year, but I kind of thought that this year there would be a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. And you're asking him to do something that's very difficult, which is run without the ball a lot. Yeah, and that they're probably never really doing that. Mm-hmm. But I do still think that that's possible. And I think that if we're going to do this podcast every week, it might be a couple of years before their offense looks the way that it needs to look with Doncic and with Junior. Yeah, It's going to take a while. And Mm -hmm. so I don't want to overreact to it, but I also haven't just seen like a whole bunch of – they basically take turns running pick and rolls. Yeah. And he's gotten a lot of transition looks, of which he has barely finished any of, uh, but he is getting a decent amount of them. It's just – I haven't really seen – I guess you've seen like small inklings of what it could look like one day. They they haven't shared very well. They have not shared tremendously well, no. I mean, they pass to each other more than any
1: other player on the team, but that's
0: just swinging the ball. Right. You know they're what just, I mean? You're, that's really – it's not really yeah. part of an action. But, it's yeah, just, they, have,
1: they have 70% of the ball handling when they're on the court together. So it's natural that they would pass to each other the most to like get a set started. But it's never – there's very rarely – And we've seen it a couple times. Like Lucas tried to force it. Yeah, he's like, okay, let's. This is clearly a play for Dennis. I'm gonna throw this no matter what. And it, you know, it's caused turnovers. And, um, but I I get, I get what you're saying. Like they, they don't play very well together right now. And for a 19 year old and a 20 year old to not be able to feed off each other and not be able and savvy enough and understanding of each other's game enough to play off each other that well right now I don't think that should be surprising
0: for anybody it really shouldn't it that's pretty much just par for the course
1: I I think what we didn't expect is um for their inefficiencies to show up this bad like and the collection of talent around them to not cover up for a lot of it you know what I mean because I thought they'd be fine but you always have to remember like 19 and 20 year olds don't positively affect winning really like none of them. It never happens. (laughs) They're on the, they're on the whole almost like a negative effect on a basketball game every single night. Um, And Luke has kind of been the outlier at this point. I feel like he's had, you know, only two or three negative games. Um, But in honestly, like this team, okay. The lineup flux was weird. Not having Barnes out there, the guy who... Well, I mean, that's your DNA for the last two years. It's Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's them learning that, uh, how to overcome that. You know, Dennis moving without the ball, everybody adjusting to Luca, that kind of stuff. But I feel like they're in a mode right now where they're not trusting what the offense was doing through the first maybe seven games, which is, I felt like they had a good formula going. Shoot a lot of threes. Create good looks. You know that quantitative shot quality thing we were looking at. They were third in the MEA. That's good offense. Like whether or not the point total says it on the board. Yeah, they keep doing that. They're gonna fall eventually.
0: I mean, even like in the overtime against San Antonio, they they might have gone over, but they those were all pretty good looks, yeah. and I think they know that. Yeah,
1: they're just not that. I mean, on the whole, they're not that talented of a shooting team. So. I feel like it It didn't work through maybe six, seven games. The offense that they were running, the the formula that they, that they had, and then Barnes gets back, and I feel like they're not trusting that anymore. It's like if you go, they're touching the stove, and they keep getting burned, and they're not going to touch the stove anymore. I'm just going to try and take this offense into my hands, and that's kind of what it felt like Dennis did Friday night. With 20-something points, six turnovers, zero assists. Yeah. And they're not a good, good enough defensive team to do that. And they don't have the shooting to overcome. That's people playing individually. Yes. And the ball is not. Number one thing I think I am like secretly low key disappointed in. Uh, that's led to two and seven is. The ball movement is not what I thought it was going to be. That thing is not flying around. That thing hits spots and it and it dies. And if there's less than 11 seconds on the shot clock. Whoever's holding the ball is shooting it.
0: Yeah, and I really do think that that has tailed off since Barnes has come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is there. Um, I guess that's where we can we, – I just want to say this real quick too mm-hmm. uh, on Dennis because I, I can already tell how this is going to go um, because, you know, I work with uh, a guy in Dan who probably, you know, he's not super dialed into the NBA all the time, especially if the Mavericks are not good, and, you know, he's – like most casual fans. And he's already kind of said, I think I'm out on this guy. Uh, I think there are times where it looks like Rick is pretty uh, frustrated with him, but you have to remember just what the last two years of his life and career have been like. So you tear your ACL in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, The way that things unfolded at NC state were kind of a disaster. A guy who was a number one player in his, in his class uh, at a certain point in time was talked about as a, top three type pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, They throw him in there last year to just basically have to run a team that had no chance of winning on most nights. Mm -hmm. And then now they go draft another guy who, I mean, there just aren't that many athletes that get to that level who are just going to be cool about that. That doesn't mean they're bad guys, and it doesn't mean it can't work long term. It just means it's going to take some time. And so – you really have to put into context, like everything he's quote been through, uh, before you say, "Oh, you know this what this data I'm collecting here, uh, qualitative about him, it doesn't really tell you all that much about what he's going to be when he's 25 or 26, which is when it's going to matter." Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to just bail on him. Is is the one thing? Right. I mean, dude, if you like, go look at C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard's uh, stats throughout their career. C.J. McCollum was not good until he was, like, 24. Now, he wasn't yeah. really starting until then, but he's a 10th overall pick. Mm-hmm. And his, his, in his third year, he jumped from, like, six points a game to 20 yeah. because he was now a starting guard. But he had been in the league for two whole years already. Yeah. And he didn't come into the league until he was 22. Yeah, that's a big difference. So you're talking about potentially that version of Dennis being four years away. A mm-hmm. thing about that that sucks is you kind of have to decide if you want to pay somebody. Yeah, Um, but you do. Yeah, you just do. You might not pay him the second time, but you pay him the first time. So he's gonna be here, and that's just what it is. I mean,
1: there's a reason he was the fifth point guard taken in that draft at number nine.
0: People conveniently forget that, and I think it's because we were so thirsty for like a blue chip type player around. Oh here yeah. And everyone basically is like, okay, is this guy going to be an all NBA player? Probably right. not. All right. Well then it was a bust. Well, yeah,
1: just because he, he was a top 10 player, you automatically assumed he's a, he's a cornerstone that defines every aspect of your team immediately. And just because the dude is wearing a Mavericks uniform and we've seen 25 different guys throughout history run point guard for the Mavericks that are all veterans. Um, doesn't mean that, He's he's worth that pick and he's worth waiting on. Absolutely, he's he's. I mean, there's a reason he was a fifth point guard taken. It's because he's the least complete of those five guys. That's just how it is. I mean, Neil Akina might have something to say about that, but that dude plays his balls off on defense right now and can knock down threes and is probably right where Dennis is.
0: I would agree. He's
1: they're they're almost exactly the same right now, except Dennis is more fun. Yeah, and so whenever you do complete the rough ed- edges of his game. If he ever does get some vision and start being a you know a plus passer. That's that's worth it. That's worth the ninth overall pick. That's worth giving a dude thirty minutes a game that's worth probably re upping after his first contract's over. Yeah. It's just I mean, he's twenty. He should be starting his second season at NC State. But right now he's going against grizzled veterans <laughs> that are gonna, you know. Every inefficiency in your game, and there's a lot of blood in the water for the Mavs right now. Like, when a team starts scouting against them, they cannot wait. I'm sure there's a book out there that says they're going to give you open looks along the the perimeter. When they stop doing that, attack off the dribble, the center is not going to bother you. Yeah. Just keep going at the rim. And that's kind of how it is right now, and I thought... You know their inefficiencies. You know, in terms of ball movement, in terms of not being able to defend the three, at least early on, in terms of being able to wall off people. Just the little things that I kind of glossed over, assuming that okay, this this you know uh, collection of talent and the coach will they'll cover those up. When you're losing and you're turning the ball over a ton, you can't cover those up, man. And shooting fixes so many different things in this league. I mean, if you think the Warriors are a perfect team, you're insane. Like they have flaws, but they can score so quickly and in bunches, and they shoot so well that it overcomes a ton of it. And we just
0: aren't—we aren't on that level yet, man. No, but while we're talking about Dennis, though, I would like to say uh, I want to get it out in front on this. I think his shot is here.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's the one thing I can say
0: that yeah he's improved on and made strides on. Like if he doesn't have to live at the rim, yeah. I mean if we're gonna just be bagging on various parts of his game in the offense, I don't. I, I it's a pretty small sample, but I think his jumper is here. Yes, <clears throat> and I think I'd take that over just about anything right now. Particularly if he's going to have to play or he's going to be playing with Doncic a lot, mm-hmm. because if he can get that. And then he can start attacking closeouts. That's when it all comes together for him. Yeah, and it's pretty early, but his numbers on all sorts of jump shots are pretty good. Yeah, and it looks right too. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Yeah, <laughs> you got yeah. that. I, I was just thinking about it while you were.
1: Uh, I, I completely agree with that. If you're if you're if you're pointing at something he's improved on obviously the defense is either stagnated or stayed the same you know what I mean it's like he hasn't gotten better defensively um downhill attacking the rim maybe a percentage maybe a tiny bit better his vision is not improved I don't feel like over the summer his shot making has has gone up a lot um I had another point I completely forgot but um
0: you want to talk about Wes yeah let's talk about Wes because okay Whenever I was going through all the stuff earlier uh, that, you know, you have to put the DeAndre Doncic rebound in the context of, it's just a bunch of stuff they're having to answer questions about now. Yeah. So, you know, today, now, uh, both, you know, Rick, DeAndre, everyone has commented on <laughs> the uh, that rebound. And now, yeah. everyone has to comment on the post-game Donnie Nelson, Wes Matthews mm-hmm. uh, meeting, Yeah, which first was reported as heated and now Rick has to come out and say it wasn't heated at all it was just you know mm-hmm. it was a conversation I mean I think that what we think is heated and not me because I'm am constantly around a lot of conflict mm-hmm. but I think what the average person thinks is heated is not necessarily heated in freaking professional basketball yeah <laughs> there's a lot of money on the line here oh yeah uh so they well, can- they're not
1: all like low T writers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to say it that way, but yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, these are, I mean, especially after a loss, I mean, that was one of the a worst loss home, home losses yeah. that I've, I've been to in a while. And, um, if West Matthew, he didn't play well. I mean, he had two points through three quarters. Um, Alonzo Trier was just dunking on their head. And I mean, if he's pissed off, then good, the good man. I'm glad you care. Um, I don't think I've ever doubted that with him. No, no, no. Um, but I think where this is going towards and you wrote about it and Dorian Finney Smith is going to be starting at some point. It's just how that transition happens. Um, you can look at the numbers whenever Wesley's on the court with group A, which is the starters, And how he does defensively against other team starters and, you know, how he contributes to the starting five, which already has two ball handlers
0: on it. We don't need a third. Yeah, Um, it's not even just that. It has two ball handlers and it has Harrison Barnes. Yes. Who's essentially just a better version offensively than of Wes Matthews. Mm -hmm. They're very similar. Yeah. And so to me, once you got Harrison back, that's when it was like, all right, I see a lot of problems here that I think can be fixed with one move. That is, I need at least one plus defender in my starting five, and I need some semblance of shooting on my bench. Mm-hmm. This seems easy to me.
1: Yeah, and West plays very well with the bench unit.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the, I mean, the first time I saw them do it was they they pulled him out of the, the Laker game pretty early, mm-hmm. and then they put him back in before the end of the first quarter, and he was great. Yeah. Like, he's still – I think as he's gotten worse defensively, he's actually forced himself to become better offensively. Dude, some nights he's awesome. Yeah, really. I mean, he, his three is fine. Yeah. And I don't love the way that he gets his buckets, but I love it a lot less if he's doing it with the bench unit. Or Yeah. I'm fine with it if it's with the bench unit as opposed to with the starters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It feels different whenever he's on the court with the bench. And, I mean, maybe it's because those dudes are, you know, uh, twice. <laughs> Luke's age, basically, um, and when Dirk comes back, that's more than twice, uh, Luke's age. But when he's out there with JJ, when he's out there with Dwight Powell, um, with Maxi, who can protect the rim, um, and that's then, a pretty good bench unit. Dude, when you throw Dirk in there, if that's if your bench unit is JJ, Wes, um, Dirk, Powell, Maxi, I mean, obviously you're missing a three, so you're playing a little bit out of position. But no bench is perfect. That's why they're benches. <laughs> And I still don't want to do full-on hockey-style substitutions. Like, let's stop doing that. But uh, I feel like he can fit in there.
0: Yeah. And I also think that Finney Smith is exactly the type of player that I want playing long-term with Luka and Junior. Yeah. Uh, he's restricted after this year, but mm-hmm. he'll be, he will be—he will not be expensive. Um, But I think they need to do everything they can to figure out what they think of him. Mm-hmm. And then I think they need to keep him. Yeah. Because he's 25- Mm-hmm. I think he's proven that he's a legit NBA player. Mm-hmm. And if you can have him to paper over some of the deficiencies that your other two guards have. He can just guard so many more people than Wes can, man. Which is what you're going to need whenever a lot of times your point guard can't guard the other team's point guard yeah. and your wing can't guard the other team's wing Yeah, in, in Luka. I mean, I think Finney Smith is a perfect fit for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously not as explosive of a scorer as Wes can be sometimes, but I mean... If you are destroying the other team and rebounding, which I think that lineup probably would with Finney Smith, Harrison Barnes, DeAndre at 345, and then Finney Smith is obviously a better, you know, in space. Um, He's a better team defender and probably a better individual defender at this moment. Like, I know he's a better team defender. Uh, They never ask him to go out there and go, hey, see that guy? Like, go guard James Harden for the final 90 seconds of the game. They haven't asked him to do that yet. I'm not
0: saying that's not in him. He guarded Durant a little bit last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's he's been great, dude. Um, there's no way around it. Like, he's earned, I don't know if he's earned a start, if this was a, a fair shake type thing, but seeing as it makes so much sense for West to play with the bench unit and Finney Smith is what the starters need, he's earned it. He's earned starting, and it's going to happen at some point.
0: Yeah, and and to me, it's I know that uh, that's nothing nothing bad about Wes in that. Like honestly, no, it's not bad about Wes. It's but here's what it's, it's just the truth. <laughs> it's the truth, and I know that Rick got upset when Tim asked about uh, Wes leading the team in shot attempts mm-hmm. and said he you know he doesn't care about that. The reason he doesn't care about that is because he's focused on trying to put out uh, the fire that is their defense. Yeah, but he absolutely does care about that, mm-hmm. and. I get it. Wes Matthews is a professional scorer yeah. I mean and defender. you know he's a, he's a professional wing. If he's on the floor, he thinks he can get shots. Sometimes you have to take that away from a guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think having him lead you in minutes and having him play with the starters. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking again about a twenty and a nineteen year old at times they're going to defer to him mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing that will help them the most to me. that's their maturation is. Knowing
1: that, okay, twelve seconds left on the shot clock. Now it feels like the ball just goes to Wes and let Wes do whatever he wants. That is a whole (laughs) situation. Exactly. Slice that option out. Okay, there's ten seconds left, Dennis. You have to get a good shot. Learn how to do it right now. Yeah. If you drive and you get a good look and the ball goes off the ding, shot clock on top of the backboard, I don't care, man. Learn it. Yeah. Learn how to generate a good look. Under 10 seconds. Quit trying to do this surveying the defense bull crap where you're trying to find the unbalanced part of the defense and think you're going to make, you know, dime somebody up underneath the basket. No, no, no. Just run a simple two-man game on one side of the floor with 10 seconds left. Learn how to do it. Go ahead and do that right now. Yeah. And I feel like Luca does it automatically, but he can work on that too. I mean, something besides the step back three. Let's get another move. Let's figure out how step to... Step back's nice, but...
0: Step back's nice. The, floater, the floater's nice, too.
1: The floater's awesome. Uh, <laughs> the step back... The numbers aren't great on it, but uh, we talked about it Friday. The value of it is you get the defender on their toes, leaning towards you, and eventually he's going to have a wrinkle off of that, man. Whenever he right. has... He has a, you know, And it might not even be this season, but people are going to know to scout for his step back, like they do James Harden. And then he looks like he's gathering, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, he's by me. Like, that's the next wrinkle off of it, right? Um, but right now, it feels like, at least defensively, maybe offensively, too, they're just very, very reactionary. It's, there's a fire over here. Let's go chase that fire. Okay, there's a fire over there. Time to go chase that one. And Barnes talked about that. He said, what's happening is dudes that we didn't necessarily think we needed to pay attention to were going off on us. Yeah. And so now we're focusing on this guy and then, okay, their one all-star is, starts going off on us and it's just chasing. You're just chasing crap constantly. And you're, I mean, you're just going in a circle and uh, they have to, they're the nail right now. Like if they don't become the hammer Tuesday night against the wizards who are just
0: in all kinds of disarray. oh my
1: God, and I thought it was going to be against the Knicks. I was like, this is a team that is – they're is—they're—they're a nail team. Like, go get them. But uh, the point I was going to make earlier is I don't know if there's another team in the league that is starting or allowing a 19- and 20-year-old to play 30-plus minutes a game that anybody
0: projected to be above 40 wins. 100%. It really doesn't matter what else you put around them. Yeah. Uh, if those guys are playing that much, even though, like – they're exciting, and they I think eventually are going to be one of the better tandems in the league. Mm-hmm. I still think that uh, dude, I mean, just look around the league look like every single team that plays a lot of young players sucks. yes, there's <laughs> a reason it's, it's pretty basic, yeah, you know, you can get into the conversations about what the long term fit is and you know what they need to work out at the end of the day, man. And also, like, I think it's instructive to, to mention uh, McCollum and Lillard, even though they're way different players. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, they, they nailed those two picks. Yeah. And yet still, like, it's they haven't had a time. ton of success.
1: No. I mean, their best year was last year. 49 They were the wins. third seed and got swept in the first round. Yeah. And that's kind of how it works out. I mean, if you're not one of these teams that has one of the top ten players in basketball right now, um, and you can talk about the overall, <laughs> does it even make sense to try and make the playoffs right now? Um, which is, you know, that's a hurdle I just kind of overcame during the off season, which is okay. They're going to go for it. Let's go for it. And signing, you know, a $25 million center and taking, trading a first round pick to go up and get Doncic tells me you're going for it. Um, but you know, if you want to go back to the Genesis of it all of, did it make sense to go for it this year? Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of teams will tell you, no. A lot yeah. of front offices would tell you.
0: No. Yeah, but again, I would go back to uh, to my overall thought, which is that I think losing is bad. <laughs> yeah, losing is terrible for a culture. Yeah, and and I I think there's still something to that. So, you know, maybe they'll still end up losing. But I think if you just send if you send the signal to a guy that you want to be your foundational piece, that he's just going to have to suck it up and lose for a couple years <laughs> to start to start his career. Yeah, especially. <laughs> I think especially a dude who's not American. Yeah. I think having somebody come here, uproot their life. Now I know he's done it before, uh, moving you know to Madrid. But I still think that you need him to be as bought in as as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we can talk about Dennis all we want. We can talk about DeAndre. What the Mavericks are in twenty twenty five will one hundred percent hinge on what they've done to develop Luca. All right, not a hundred. There's going to be other players, but still. They need him as bought in as possible. And I'm not real sure that just telling him right off the the rip, like, hey, dude, we're just not even going to try to put good players around you. So I mean, he didn't have to come over.
1: That's true. I mean, that was the rumor of why he didn't go one or two or right. wouldn't have gone four. Um, because, I mean, he held all the leverage. He had a contract with Real Madrid. His agent's not an idiot. Bill Duffy's an intelligent man if – if they would have went into a negotiation of what team you want to play for and the Mavs said, no, you know, we're not really going to try
0: and win this year. That might have changed his tune a little bit. Yeah. So. That's I mean, a, that's an underrated part of it. I yeah. mean, I'm still excited about, there's plenty of things like they're a little faster. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit more in transition. Still not a lot. Still yep. could be a lot more.
1: I mean, they're they're never gonna like. Someone asked Rick the question today of you know seeing all the turnovers and the the backcourt turnovers and the fast break points and the transition points you're giving up. Does it make more sense to go back to last year's style of slowing the ball down to limit turnovers? And he said, "I'm not doing that ever again." Yeah, he said that that day's done basically. So he knows the style they need to be playing. And I feel like a lot of people look at the team and go, oh, uh, well this is what Rick wants them to do. You know what I mean? Like playing slow and limiting turnovers. Like Rick knows the style that he needs to get them to. And the talents just like not exactly working hand in hand in glove with
0: the model he wants to use.
1: Like they just don't have the they just aren't talented talented enough right now.
0: <laughs> like, and someone was asking me uh speaking of the composition of talent about DeAndre Jordan and, and his future the other day. I mm. was like, oh, do you, don't you think that uh, given the Mavs, how the Mavs are put together, that he provides more value to the Mavericks than maybe he does to other teams? And I'm like, you mm. gotta understand, they have like three players under contract. Yeah, I mean, whatever they are now, there's, we have no idea what they're going to look like in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Harrison Barnes opts out because this is going to be another huge money summer. Like I don't know if he can go get that on the open market being the third or fourth option. This is not great for him. Yeah. As far as uh you know, he can decline that option and hit the market at 27, but if he's coming off of a season where he had like 13 and 6 or something, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's that's a curious one. I mean, we've talked about that since I've been working here, basically. Uh, me and Bobby, I'm like, what do you think his market value is? You know, does somebody, I think Harrison Barnes is, you know, um, 30th best player in the West whenever he's healthy and going. Um, I mean, he's not quite all-star level, uh, but you know, a couple tweaks here, a couple tweaks there, playing on a more talented team, playing on a team that's going to win 45 games and has a, you know, a more, they're further along in a rebuild or knocking on the door of the playoffs. Like, Harrison Barnes has all-star caliber inside of him, I think. And does a team look at that and go, you know what, I can make you whole if you opt out and here's a lot
0: of years. Um, You know, I don't know. It's interesting because it's like we saw his game whenever he was with... Uh, Golden State initially, mm-hmm. and now he's come here, developed another level, mm-hmm. and now I'd kind of like to see him go back to being on another good team to <laughs> see how it could work. You know, now that he's kind of had to, like, you're not really going to develop in the situation he was in in Golden State the way he has the last couple of years. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's also, proven
1: that he's like malleable, yeah, wherever for he is. Sure. Yeah, and he can learn new tricks, and that's one of the coolest things. And him not being there, this preseason I think we look past that a lot because we know Harrison Barnes is a is a nice nice boring 20 and 7 yeah with you know a decent three-point percentage and you don't know how much you miss from that type of player until they're not in your lineup
0: do you think that there's a well I'm trying to think of the right way to put this let's say that they do move west of the bench
1: Hmm. I mean can I put a bow on that conversation what we were talking about earlier that's going to happen at some point okay that's that's going to happen maybe in a month well maybe in two weeks i don't know but that's everybody knows that that's the inevitable and nobody has an issue with it on the team
0: well see that's what i was going to say is that the difference between harrison barnes and west matthews is obviously just the fact that west matthews is like 32 (laughs) yeah yeah and so I think I could I could realistically see a situation where Harrison Barnes is upset. Not upset, because I just don't think that's his style, but he's definitely going to be losing some shots this year relative to last year and the year before here. So maybe that affects him whenever he hits the market. I don't think that if Wes and his agent are thinking that he's going to get a large contract this offseason, they are wrong because he is, he'll be 32, 33, almost 33 at that point I think. It's just not going to happen. Like even in a big, you know, even with big money. Do you think that they'll end up bringing him back here? Um Like I feel like I could almost see them bringing him back to be their bench, you know, wing.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if that's the long-term plan, then then him going to the bench and Dorian starting would make even more sense. You know what I mean? Like that would be step one of, you know, a three step thing of you're one of our bench guys. Now you're, You're uh, Devin, but I think it completely depends what free agent options, you know, are presented in front of them. Um, I don't feel like that's a bad, like backup plan or a way to use him. If, you know, he just, which I think he does love it here. And I think he does enjoy playing here. Um, but, I've thought, even maybe as early as last year, I was like, can we extend Wes, get that number a little lower, and maybe swing harder in free agency? Yeah. Because I'm fine with him being here uh, going forward. As long as, well, number one, as long as the expectations are proper, which is why everyone wants to set fire to his house right now, because he's a max quote-unquote player. That's so dumb. And he plays a lot of minutes. And people just, I don't know, if you're not – I don't know, They've. I feel like the, the fan base gets really frustrated with him when he doesn't, when he isn't just, like, lighting the other team up. Like, in the Lakers game, I was like, "That man, this guy's playing awesome. And no one can even say a positive word about him. And I'm like, give him that. He just scored, like, 19 in the first half. Yeah. And got you back in a game single-handedly. Like, let him have that. Good God.
0: He just takes some bad shots sometimes that, like I said earlier, I mean, they're doing him no favors on a lot of no. this stuff. And so, no, and he's held,
1: I mean, some of it's self-imposed, like this shot clock. I feel like the West shot clock is subtract four off the real shot clock. And (laughs) that's how he reacts. Like, he's like, I'm going to get this shot because I know I can get a good look. And here we go. It's, it's happening now with me on a, on a dribble drive um, and hoping somebody fouls me or, you know, and uh, a lot of times it's, he's the only one willing to take a bad look late in the clock. Because Dennis doesn't, he doesn't want that ball. He doesn't want to do that. And it just becomes a thing. You do it in practice. (laughs) The shot clock's running down in practice. Wes is willing to take the bad shot or shoot the three or, you know, uh, take the big, big look whenever it comes available. And then it happens in a game. And then it happens in the next game. And then the younger dudes are passing to him with late in the shot clock. And it just, it's just this, it feeds into itself. Sure. And on the bench, I don't know if that, happens as much
0: because jj wouldn't give a crap
1: (laughs) jj didn't care if there's three seconds on the shot clock
0: i haven't looked at the numbers but i like the fit of the two of them playing together jj and wes yeah i mean the uh wes
1: okay that was bray with the starters i was looking at um bray with the starters is plus 33 by the way
0: (laughs) and that's with like basically with dennis out
1: yeah with dennis out and jj which
0: is what they closed
1: yeah I mean they haven't played a ton of minutes. I think it's uh I can find it real quick. I had it pulled up earlier. Plus thirty-three was uh yeah, they played six minutes together. Um yeah, six minutes together. And that's JJ with the starters, and it's plus thirty-three right now. Um
0: It's pretty you know, lineup data a little tough to lean too much on right now. Yeah, but I mean you see what Dennis just needs to get to
1: and it's dumb to say, just get to JJ level <laughs> of conducting an offense and no one expects it from him at 20 years old, but um, you can do some Twitter questions real quick. Sure. All right. This one from, uh, from Blake. Do y'all think that the departure of Yogi slash Seth might've hurt more than Mavs thought it would. Um, also, do you see Sala getting some minutes in up upco- uptum- upcoming games? I almost said up I don't know what the that, that word would be upcoming games. So Sala, n-
0: not really. No, especially if, you know, the obvious impending return of Dirk. Yeah. Or if they decide, I guess if they decide that they want to um, start Maxi, I don't really know how that would work, but I think he could probably figure it out. That might open up a chance for Salah. But even then, I mean,
1: he's I, I think basically... too many bigs already. Yeah,
0: he's basically Lucas friend at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is fine.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, if someone gets hurt long-term. Which is going to happen. He can get some minutes. Um, the Yogi and Seth thing is something I talked about leading into the season. I, and add Doug McDermott to that list of good shooters who shoot a high volume and uh, aren't scared to, to knock it down. Um, and I feel like a lot of shooting went out the door, and you weren't really going to know the overall
0: effect of it until probably right now. <laughs> and now you feel it. Well, this is also the argument for moving West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a huge fan of Seth Curry, mm-hmm. but I think they probably had decided that he was that they just couldn't rely on his health. Yeah, I mean, I think that stuff really bothers Rick mm-hmm. uh, as being a guy who kind of wants to know what the day holds, and, yeah. and he he's played ten games so far this year. Uh, so he's Rick is annoyed by injuries overall. Yeah, and I mean, Seth, that's not a new thing, man. And also, he's like 30. Yeah. Uh, 28. So it isn't like you were signing a young guy to get, you know, the... It sucked he's, to see him go, but the, the McDermott one is the one that really bothered me.
1: Yeah, the Seth thing is, Seth played an entire year basically with like a stress fracture. Yeah. And then the sec- then the next year, he couldn't play at all. And so, I mean, he's had long-term health problems. Yeah, and I mean, I, he didn't practice in college. Yeah, Duke, he would never practice. He would just play, and he was good enough to do that. And it's just, you know, you you don't hit your wagon or invest large amounts of money in that kind of guy if you're a team that's, you know, in rebuilding mode. Um, it just doesn't make sense for you. And I love Seth. I love Yogi. Yogi brought, brought a lot. Like, I know his numbers, people tell you his numbers were skewed um, by, you know, he'd hit two threes in a fourth quarter when they're down 12 or something last year whenever they weren't very good. Um, but McDermott, Doug McDermott could give you a lot right now. Um, yeah. and I felt like a lot of shooting went out the door and, uh, you didn't really replace it. You just got younger and this is kind of what it looks like. Um, next question from Rich Hernandez. Do you think Dorian Finney Smith, uh, is an okay replacement for Wesley Matthews the starting? line? we talked about that one. Um, why or why not? Yeah, we sorry. Didn't mean to, uh. Get redundant. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. Um, Okay, here's the one I meant to read. Uh From Blake Nelson. Where do you see Dirk filling into the lineup once he gets here? I already feel like Dwight and Maxie could play more minutes, and it seems like we're going to have a log jam when he gets back. Uh Correct. Yeah. You got to get real creative, man. Because I think Dwight needs to play more right now. I think Maxie needs to play more right now. And that's without a guy that's going to play twenty four to twenty six minutes a game and is the now seventh leading scorer all time. Worked in the equation, which by the way Dirk is he's playing now, like he's he's on the court, okay, shooting, practicing. So I don't know, a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously the Pal and Maxi together is great. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um. You, there's just no scenario which you can imagine having those two guys and Dirk on the floor together though. Yeah. So uh, I do think that's probably going to get a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. I also think there's at least a decent chance that DeAndre Jordan ends up getting traded. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And you end up just doing what you did before where you're starting Powell or starting Maxi. Yeah. And you know, just in the, I don't know.
1: You can't, you can't play Maxi, Powell Dirk at the same time. And it's not even, like, the Dirk issue right now. It's that um, Powell's defense has not impressed me through nine games. Like, he brings a lot. Maxie's where, has. Yeah, Maxie definitely has. Dude, he went in that Laker game. That yeah. was a couple of minutes of the most psycho defense from a Maverick I've seen in a while.
0: Blocked LeBron.
1: Yeah, blocked LeBron. Um, was everywhere. Just people thought they had buckets, and Maxie's just erasing them. Um, Pal, on the other hand, I think second units are kind of making our offensive potency a little bit neutral because they're realizing to target Pal, And he just has some bad fouls sometimes whenever he gets blown by. And I mean, he's such a good player offensively and brings so much um, in the pick and roll that you overlook it and he's still a positive player, but
0: you can't, I don't think you can, those three dudes should
1: not be on the court at the same time.
0: No, it's going to cost somebody some minutes for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Um, I I don't have a perfect solution for it now like there really isn't one other than the fact that you know Dirk is not going to play every night yeah that's true and I mean this team still
1: lacks wings there's no way around it like and adding a (laughs) 41 year old spot up mummy like uh, it doesn't fix that (laughs) but uh, you know Rick will get pretty creative with it Um, I, I hope it doesn't
0: cost maxi minutes but that's I want him here long term. He's restricted this year. This uh, so do season. I.
1: So do I. But I just—that's the only. You're not going to take Dwight off the court with JJ. You know what I mean. So you got to get creative with Maxie's minutes and figure out where he can get 15 to 20 a night. Um, let's see. Did I scroll by one? Oh, okay. Um, from Zach Burner. Did cleaning, cleaning the glass did a cool breakdown of the Spain pick-and-roll the Mavis ran to great effect down the stretch against Spurs. I know we've talked about Luka's usage in the fourth quarter and how it's tops amongst rookies, but should it be even higher? Um, I think it's about to be. I think the uh, the ISO uh, in the Lakers game, the tying bucket, and then the night before that, or not night before that, two nights before that, the San Antonio game, when... It was just that Spain pick and roll and uh Lucas the primary ball handler that dropped thirty one on them. I think that was the test. And you got full marks on the test. And so Luca's the fourth quarter ball handler. Like there's not too many ways around it. I mean the Knicks game was a little weird because Dennis was uh scoring a lot and but, I mean, you see what happens is six turnovers, zero assists. Not that that's an average Dennis game. It's just that's – there's a possibility of that happening <laughs> whenever Dennis is handling the ball a ton late in the game. I think the late-in-the-game offense is through Luka.
0: Yeah, it's 1-5 pick-and-roll. Yep. And with Wes or whoever, pretty much Wes or Smith Jr. leaking out for threes. Um, That is where I'd like to see – Smith Jr. a little more involved, honestly. I know he's not going to start the play, but, I mean, a lot of times, basically, they run the DeAndre Luca pick-and-roll, and then Dennis just kind of stands in the corner. And I'm sure that's what the play is calling for him to do, but he's he's not that guy. Yeah. Like, he's not, you know, they're treating him like he's, that's like Trevor Ariza or something. It's like, I wish, the, that's where I, I wish there was something more he could offer your offense, other than, Hey, I've given the ball to Luca. Now I will run to the corner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, Dennis just hasn't been that good in pick and roll.
0: No, this year I think that that's underrated too because it's uh you know DeAndre is new also, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they have very little amount of time cumulatively running live pick and rolls together. So it's really not that surprising that he's that it looks really janky right now.
1: Yeah, and it feels like when Dennis runs it, he's, he's pressing. Like he's doing everything a step quicker than it needs to be done. Um, when the shot becomes available, he's taking it. He's not looking for the best shot. He's looking for the first shot. And with Luca, his size, and because of his size, his strength, his leverage he can create in the paint, dude, he'll just get in the paint and put the air brakes on. I'm just going to hang out here for a minute until my center comes diving through the lane. And then I'm going to make a decision. Am I throwing this pass or am I following him to the bucket? And Lucas is just more patient with it. And <laughs> one of the things that DeAndre hasn't done super well is set a hard pick, beat somebody back to the basket. He's kind of a more gradual, you know, trailer of a pick and roll guy.
0: He's more likely to like, basically be used as a rescreen. Yeah, yeah. Than he is to actually dive down the middle of the lane right. most of the time. He kind of just He's been good offensively, production wise, but there are times where it looks like he doesn't really want to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, everybody compares him to Tyson that one year. And mm-hmm. I mean that there's just not that many guys who will run like that for Oh yeah. You gotta be psycho. Game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be outside of your mind. But uh the other thing I think Dennis could add which would make his pick and roll – well, I don't know if it'd fix his pick and roll numbers, but it'd fix, fix the team's overall is whenever he takes the, the pick from DeAndre and he's diving towards the basket on a power dribble, I feel like he's always trying to make the toughest shot where I'm like, if you miss it off the front of the rim, a second later, DeAndre's going to be at the front of the rim. Yeah. He will just clean it up or he'll get a rebound and he'll kick it back out. So – I don't know. I just haven't seen that. I see that from other teams so often where the pick and roll action creates everybody collapsing on the point guard and they throw it off the window and then the big man's is like, thank you. Bye. Yeah. And that happened. That's happened like once this year. So Dennis just needs to get into his head. Like it's the action we're looking for. It's the collapsing. It's the rotating. Not necessarily me getting, you know, uh, trying to make this very difficult, like up and under and like perfect spin English on the ball. It's just, the overall action of two guys going towards the basket and one of the defenders has to chase you. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm out of uh, Twitter questions. So, theathletic.com slash four-pointer.
0: What do you want me to write about this week?
1: Um, that's what we
0: can start doing is we can start crowdsourcing planning, my yeah. articles. Planning the articles.
1: Uh, what if
0: I just did a compilation of all Lucas floaters and just turned that video in? No words. That's
1: probably fine. That's probably totally fine.
0: That's what you get with uh, Do the Lucas the step athletic. back.
1: Do the Lucas step back and the stats aren't great, but the overall positive effect of it.
0: It's so pretty. It is. And eventually it he's is. gonna get fouled a lot.
1: Yep. And it draw it brings a defender out, it creates a passing lane if he dribbles around it. Like that's that was the most interesting thing I think that we talked about Friday. On the Ceiling is the Roof, which is another podcast. If you're not subscribed to that one, then
0: screw you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. I appreciate you having me on your show. (laughs) Hey, anytime, man. Uh,
1: Theathletic.com slash four-pointer. would also like to, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, Yeah, go give me your money. Not me. I'm not going to get any money from this, really. But uh, just subscribe. Like, buy three, four. Like, hand them out. Christmas is around the corner, guys. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why you'd buy more
0: than one subscription, but just do it. You kind of log out, log back in, whatever you want to do. Yeah,
1: like maybe on this one you're like a Red Sox fan, and then this one you're a big Dodgers guy, and you just you get all the coverage. You get all the coverage. It only lets you select so many teams, so maybe just if you want to be cool with your friends and tell everybody, like, yeah, definitely a Texas fan. Ooh, gotta log out now
0: so i can yeah. be a redskins fan let
1: me let me jump back into my aggie account real quick
0: the athletic.com slash four pointer mike
1: yes five four five four or five of thems
0: we'll see you <laughs>